Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. to the message here. I, I can tell you I've had an incredible week. You all are not ready for me today. Not ready for me today. I've seen Star Wars already this week. Changed my life. I will not, I will not give any spoilers. 8.45 p.m. on Thursday night. Got in early, baby. Got in early. And then we, we of course, yesterday uh, did breakfast with Santa. And I want to say a special thanks to all of you that volunteered. We were two people shy of 30. We had 28 volunteers show up. And, uh, and there was a, a great number of families out there. I want to say over 100 families. I'm not sure. Is that, is that right, Derek? I don't know the actual numbers on that. Is that okay, so there's something like that. And, uh, and, and we, we served. We, we had uh, somebody that person, per impersonated somebody. I won't say the words there, who that was and what they did, but they did something in a red suit. And, uh, and then we had people serving pancakes and sausage and helping with the crafts and just having a great time. And so Thank you to everybody who came out and did that. We are making an impact in our city as we serve them, and uh, we just appreciate you being a part of that. All right. So if you've missed all this series up until now, what we've been talking about, the series is called The Struggle is Real. And what we've been doing is, is identifying what our struggle is, because every generation has a challenge that they, that they deal with, something that is difficult in their life that they have faced. And this generation's challenge, I think, has been technology. I think the way that it has, it, it has impacted us, it has affected our relationships, affected our ability to be content, it's even affected our ability to be honest with people as we present ourselves online. And so what we've been doing is identifying these things over the last couple weeks and saying, all right, if we're Christ followers, we have a responsibility to understand what is happening to us as a result of technology, how it's influencing our hearts and our minds, and how we should live in response to it. Now, don't get me wrong. If you haven't been here, I'm not poo-pooing technology. I love technology. I don't know how I would live without it. I love that I've got my iPhone. This is an iPad sitting up here. I love that, that I have this connection to the World Wide Web and to all this cool stuff. But we need to be aware of what it is doing to us. And so we've spent some time talking about that the last couple of weeks. If you missed any of that, you can listen to it on our, on our podcast, which is also found on our app. But this week, we're going to look at the subject of rest. And I think it's a very important subject, especially this time of year, because that's what all of us need. Can I get an amen? Is some rest. This is the busiest time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You see lots of people you don't normally see. You're going to lots of parties you don't normally go to. You're running here and there all around the square saying, catch me if you can, right? Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump. Look at Frosty go. I would say during this season and in our lives in general, I think that we need rest, and it's a very important thing to us. The problem is, is we have become very tethered to our devices, and we've become so tethered that it's making us tired. In fact, I would say that the majority of us, without even realizing it, are slaves to our tech. We're absolutely slaves. We're addicted, if you will, to technology. We're addicted to social media. We're addicted to, the, to all the dings, the notifications, all of it. We're addicted to it. And when you are an addict, when you are addicted to something, it controls you. You don't control it. It becomes the driving force in your life. And I don't think that technology, what it's doing to us, I don't think it's allowing us to rest. 
Here's an easy way, here's a couple of easy tests for you to know whether you are addicted to technology. When you get five or six seconds of free time and you have absolutely nothing to do in those five or six seconds, what is your default mode? Let me show it to you, it goes like this. Right? So every single one of us does. We pull out our phones, we check our email, we check our text messages, we look and see if anybody else liked that picture we put up of ourselves in our ugly Christmas sweater. Some of you are doing it right now. We check. We're constantly looking at things. Or maybe you've ever, maybe you've ever been sitting at a traffic light. When you do it at a traffic light, it's red, it's safe. We're not supposed to be playing with our phones, but I got that text message a mile ago. I'm gonna check it. And then somebody honks their horn at us. Oh, sorry, I gotta, I gotta go. Or you're standing in line at Target. Have you ever done this before? You're standing in line at Target and you kind of get lost in a feed or something you're reading and you don't even realize that the line has moved like on ahead of you, like awkwardly so far ahead of you, right? And they're like, are you just standing here or are you in line? Like, what are you doing? Oh, no, I'm in line. I'm going. Sorry. We, we're disengaged. We're disengaged with, with the world around us because of technology. It is enslaving our thoughts and our minds. It's like everything that we're living for is for it. Psychologists today have coined a new word. It's a new phobia that's out. It's called nomophobia. Have you ever heard of this before? It's a real thing. I'm not making it up. Nomophobia. It is the fear of not having your cell phone. It's a crushing fear. In fact, of the population of America, 66% of the population, they estimate, are affected by nomophobia, and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. Here's how you know. Have you ever left your cell phone at home? Like, you go to work... You leave the house, you're driving to work, and you, and you don't have your phone. If this is you, just be honest in this room and put your hand up if it's you. Oh, hold on, hold on. I haven't gotten to it yet. All of you, I'm ready. That's it. I'm in. Hi, I'm an addict, and my name is Aaron. They're ready to go. I haven't even said what it is yet. <laughs> if you've left that phone at home, the feeling that comes over you is sheer panic. And go. Hands up. Yes. Yes. I don't, didn't do my math really, really quick there, but I'm going to say that was at least half of you. You panic. My phone's at home. You whip around and you go home and you're late to work and you make up a reason. Traffic was just really bad. <laughs> Liars, all of you. Just kidding. They say 66% of the population is affected by that. They say 58% of the population won't go an hour without checking their phones. This is crazy to me. I was in Subway the other day. I didn't tell this first service, I, I meant to, but I was in Subway. And this chick is making my subs. And she's got an earbud in her ear, which I'm fine. Maybe she's listening to music they can't play on the radio, whatever. But she is in the middle of making my sub and takes off her glove, pulls out her phone and looks at a message and starts typing back, puts it back in her pocket, puts another glove on and starts finishing my, and finishes up my sub. I kid you not. I, are you kidding me? Like, you're on the clock, and you're making my sub, and you're checking your text messages. It's crazy. They say that 59% of people check email as it comes in. The second it hits your inbox, you have to check it. 89% of people check their email daily while on vacation. Hello? You're on vacation. Why do you need to be in your email box? There is nothing that's so pressing that I need to do that when I'm out enjoying my time with my family on the beach. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing so pressing. They say that 80% of teens sleep with their cell phones, and this is not a cuddly teddy bear. It's, a, it's like an electronic device. It doesn't hug back. The 20% that don't sleep with it are currently grounded. 
84% of people say they couldn't go one day without their phones, and one in five people when asked said that they would rather go shoeless for a week than be without their phones. Now, if you're like my wife, she's from the foothills of Kentucky. She prefers to be barefoot, but me, I don't like to walk to the end of my driveway on my bare feet, so that's not happening. But we have to, if we're being honest, we have to say the struggle is real. This is really where we're at. This is really what we're struggling with. This is what, what's going through our lives, and we need to respond to it. Here, by show of hands, let me, let me ask one last question. How many of you guys, before you went to bed last night, and hold on, I'll let you know when, before you went to bed last night, the last thing you did was look at your phone, or the first thing you did this morning was look at your phone? How many? Uh-huh. Both. Some of you said both. That was me, both. I would say that, that this addiction, this issue is becoming problematic. It's becoming problematic because as I look at, out, out at the world, I don't know how many of you have gone to Christmas parties this year, but generally when you go to parties, the people kind of tend to congregate into, into smaller groups of people and they socialize, right? There's two or three of them and they're talking, they're having side conversations. But this year at the Christmas parties I was at, I looked around and there were, there were some groups of people, but there was more often found individuals standing or sitting by themselves. And do you know what they were doing? Swiping left or right, this completely disengaged with the people around them. It's a problem when you go on a date and you can't resist checking your Instagram. That's a problem, isn't it? It, It's it's a problem when you get a notification and you're in the middle of a conversation with a real person in front of you and that phone dings and your hand is down by your leg and you start to twitch and the person that is talking to you is getting very uncomfortable. In fact, everybody in the conversation just says, you know what, why don't you just check that? It would be better for everybody if you would just look and see who that is. We realize you are so important. <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem, isn't it? That's a problem. Or maybe if every time you use the restroom, your legs fall asleep. <laughs> Some of you understand and you're laughing because it's happened to you. Others are like, what are you talking about, Aaron? Because you're sitting there with your knees on your legs doing this. Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> that causes the circulation in these things to disappear. And you go to stand up and we'll fall flat into the wall. Only once. It's only happened once. It's a true story. Did not expect that to happen. <laughs> Don't look for the soft spot in my wallpaper in my bathroom, please. <laughs> it's becoming problematic. And this is just what our struggle is. This is what's happening in our generation right now. I mean, and, and having a generational struggle is nothing new. The church in Corinth in the Bible, the church that, that Paul was writing to in 1 Corinthians, they had struggles. They were giving in to, to the cultural uh, influence of the day. They were, they were uh, involved in perversions of the faith, as it were. And they blamed it on the freedom that they have in Christ. And Paul recognizes this, and he says, hey, hang on. Yeah, we're free, but let me say this. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, I have the right to do anything but I will not be mastered by anything. Think about that for a second. I have the right to do anything, but I'm not gonna be mastered by it, right? Kind of lends that idea that just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And this is what he was saying to that church. You know, just because culture is doing this, this is the way the rest of the world is, doesn't mean that you have to be that way. It doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that they're in sin necessarily. It just means that, hey, you know, they're, they're being controlled by that. You, you don't have to be mastered by it. 
It's like that idea of walking the dog, not letting the dog walk you. Anybody ever had a dog walk you before? My mother-in-law did. She got a broken arm and cuts all over her because her dog decided to walk her one day. I laughed a lot, and I said, oh, I am so sorry. I wasn't there. I just heard about it. But you, you can't let these things master you. And I think that, that this, this kind of thing, what's happening in the culture, is a subtle attack that the enemy has launched on us. And he's using technology to do it. Because we have become mastered by our social media. We have become tethered to our devices. Not only are we addicted, but what addiction does to you is cause you to be extremely weary. You're wore out. You're tired. Because you're constantly on the go. You're constantly moving. It is driving you, not you driving it. Anybody here ever heard the phrase binging on Netflix? Yeah, this is like a thing now. And, I, and like, look, there's no condemnation here because I'm with y'all. You know what I'm saying? You're watching an episode and you got to know what happens next to your favorite character. And so you stay up late and you watch the next episode. And then you watch the next one and then the next one. And the next thing you know, your alarm is ringing and it's time to go to work. And you haven't been to bed yet. That, that's, a, that's a problem. But I've been there before. I've been there. So technology is not only causing us to lose sleep, and, and that's one form of weariness. The other form is just being weary in our souls. We are spiritually tired because we're not finding the rest that we need. And the problem with being tired is, and I don't know how many of you are like this, but when I'm tired, I don't make good decisions. I don't. I don't talk to my family real nice. I don't make good decisions about conversations I'm having with other people. If I'm online and I'm tired late at night and, and I'm tempted, I might look at something I ought not be looking at. I might say something to somebody on Facebook that I might not, I might not be able to, or shouldn't say. Can't even get these words out of my mouth right now. What's up with that? I don't make good decisions. We're tired, we're easily tempted. Jesus understood this. Here's a guy who was led by the Spirit to do 40 days of fasting and prayer in the wilderness. At the end of that 40 days, the devil came to him because he knew he'd be at his weakest, 40 days of not eating. And he tempted him. And Jesus overcame him. So he understands what it's like to be tempted. The devil comes in when we are tired and tempts us. And technology can leave us tired because it doesn't allow us to internally shut down. We were created to have rest. Not just physical rest, but rest for our souls. And social media, if you're being honest with yourself, have you ever had a better night's sleep because of something you read on social media? Have you ever felt peace in your heart because of a status update? Man, that was just beautiful. That was so good. I am recharged and ready to face my day. Have you? Probably not. What social media is doing to us, what technology is doing to us is making us tired. And when we're tired, we feel overwhelmed. We snap at our friends. We snap at our family. We snap at our coworkers. It leaves us in a life full of turmoil because now we have pieces that we need to pick up. We have apologies that we need to make. We have some humbling of ourselves we need to do to set things right. It leaves us frustrated. It leaves those who have had you yell at them and snap at them, it leaves them frustrated. Our souls are not being replenished because technology is making us so weary. And as a result, we're not experiencing the peace that God intended for us to have. And when we aren't having or experiencing peace, we're not, we're not experiencing his best for us. 
So today, let's look at what the Bible says about rest and weariness, and then we'll talk about how to work it out. I'm not just going to paint a horrible picture for you and then just leave you hanging like deuces. See you guys. Merry Christmas. Good luck with that. We're going to talk about how to get through it. So first thing I want you to know is that, that weariness is a trap. Weariness is a trap. You'll get caught in it. The, thing, the nature of a trap is that you don't know it's there. You'll step in it, and you get stuck. That's a trap. We're not always aware of it. Look at what Luke 21, 34 says about the traps. It says, be careful of your hearts, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Now, what is he saying? Be careful. He's saying be careful because the enemy, the devil, doesn't appear in your life like, you know, with red suit on and little pointy ears and a pitchfork and a long tail. Because being honest, if I saw someone like that, I'm like, don't I know you from somewhere? Aren't you Satan? We'd recognize that, right? But the Bible describes the devil as an angel of light. In other words, he would appear just as good to you and as pleasant to you as anyone else that you would meet or could meet. We have to be careful. Is this good for me or not? Nah? Should I be engaging here or not? Nah? What should I be doing? We have to be careful. And it says, or your hearts will be weighed down. Many of you know what this is like. You feel like the world is crushing down on your shoulders right now. You're, that heaviness is already there. He says, you're weighed, be weighed down with dissipation. Dissipation is this sense of, of lost time. We're losing time. Things are happening too fast around us. It's this crazy speed. The drunkenness, drunkenness is that your life is out of control. Maybe your calendar is out of control and, and things are not, uh, are running you, not you running them. And the anxieties of life, these are things that you're, that you're worried about, things that you're unsure about how they're going to work out. Maybe it's relational, maybe it's financial, maybe it's in your career. The anxiety, you're worried about them and you spend your time doing that and he says, and that day, be careful of these things, and that day will, be, will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. We won't see it coming. Does it sound familiar to anybody in your life, in your world, where you're at? You're feeling that heaviness. You feel that loss of time. Where did it all go? Your schedule is out of control. You're anxious, and it's a trap. It's likely that you didn't recently get caught in this trap. If you're just realizing you are in that trap, it's likely you've been there for some time. Maybe it was six months ago. Who knows? We don't always realize we're in a trap until we decide to move another direction. I'm, I'm stuck. I can't go. And God says that we need rest to avoid these traps. That we have to be careful of the weariness that tries to creep into our lives or it will trap us. And that rest that we need, there's a few things you need to know about it. The first thing is, is that rest is a choice. Rest is a conscious choice that you have to make. You need to choose it. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11 says, So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. If I break this verse down for you, wicky, wicky, wow. This verse is saying... And it tells us that there is no rest for your soul outside of a relationship with God, period. The rest that you long for, that you desire, is only found in him through Christ, period. The second thing that it tells us is, hey, you need to do your best to enter into that kind of rest. 
You need to do your best. That's a choice. We're on a path. Here's my best. Do I go for that or do I make the other choice? This is a choice. And then it gives us an indicator as to whether or not we've entered into that rest. And it tells us this right in the middle of this verse. Verse 10, it says, For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. Look, if you can't take a day off work, it is likely that you have not entered into the rest that God has intended for you. If you can't take a break from your social media accounts, if you can't break from technology, if you can't break from these things, from even going into your work or answering an email, if you can't break from all of that, it's likely that you are not entering into the rest that God has planned for you. And what happens is, is when we can't take those breaks from the career, from the media, from all of it, when we cannot do that, we have declared ourselves as God's. Because, see, God's role in our life is to be in control. He's sovereign. He can do anything. He is to be Lord of your life. That's Jesus. That means he's in charge. That means he's in control. That means, hey, whatever's going to happen is in his power anyway. But when we say, I can't take my hands off of this. If I, if I miss a day of work, everything's going to fall apart. Then we're not trusting our lives to him. If I don't answer this email, if I don't respond to that text message, everything's going to come crashing down. We place ourselves in God's position. We declare ourselves as God and say, hey, I don't trust you. I don't trust you got this. I don't trust you have enough power. I don't trust you. I trust me. So I'm going to be God. This is what happens. This is what we do. If you can't rest, you're not bought into the sovereignty of God. So we have to let God be God, and that means resting. We have to choose to rest. Second thing I want you to know about rest is rest is not a physical position, but a spiritual condition. It's not a physical uh, position, but a spiritual condition. Rest is not about the posture of your life. It's about your soul's condition. I'm gonna say something really, really ugly, and I'm gonna say it because I love you. Are you ready? This generation is full of incredibly lazy people who are doing absolutely nothing with their lives. And they are no more at rest than you are, those of you that are working hard and going to school and doing your best. They're no more at rest than you. This is not about what you do. This is not about your activity or inactivity. This is a condition of, of your spirit. Because inactivity is not the definition of rest. I think the devil's trying to use technology and use, use our busyness against us. He's trying to use technology to turn us into Miley Cyrus. All of us. You say, what? Some of you were just checking Instagram, just looked up from it and said, what did he just say? I think it's turning us into Miley Cyrus because we can't stop. We won't stop. We, we run things. Things don't run we. Oh, this, this is not the service for me? Okay. First service, they were like, yeah, Miley, woo! It's cool. The truth is, 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 is we aren't running things. Technology is driving us. It is pushing us forward. When we don't stop, when we don't rest, we are being run. There's this thing in the Bible called the Sabbath. Maybe you've heard of it. The Sabbath was not for you to just do nothing. It wasn't for you to cease working and cease doing things in your life and activity. The Sabbath was about ceasing those things and doing something that connected you to him. It was finding a way to make that connection with God. Taking the time, making that choice. I'm going to set aside some time, and I'm going to connect with him because when I do that, 
I am recharged, I'm refueled. That weariness, that soul weariness that I'm experiencing goes away. And it's only found, we only get that recharge in relationship with God. And this is why Jesus said in Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We need rest, don't we? We need rest. And when we're weighed down and under pressure, constantly moving, tethered and tired, susceptible to temptation, we're not seeing life clearly. We'll fall for the trap. So how do we get the rest that we need? How do we do it? Well, there's a, there's a perfect example here of, of the disciples. The disciples, of course, if you don't know who they are, they're the followers or the apprentices of Jesus, basically. Their job was to see what he did and do it. So Jesus has trained them, and he's decided to release them for ministry. That's where I'm going to pick up in the story of the disciples. And they've gone out, and they ministered to people, and they, they shared... The, the good news, they've shared all about Jesus. They've prayed for people and seen people get healed. And they've come back and now they're reporting to Jesus about what happened, basically giving him a debrief. In Mark 6, it says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. The disciples were busy about ministry. It was God's call on their lives. And they were so busy doing what they were supposed to do that they forgot to eat. And Jesus, seeing this in his learners, in his Padawans, if you, as it were, if you're a Star Wars fan, and if you're not, that's fine. His disciples, his apprentices, recognizing this, he says, hey, come with me. Let's get away from all this hustle and bustle and let's rest. Come hang out with me because you need to be restored. You've been running around doing what I sent you to do, but you forgot to rest in the middle of it. And I think that's us. I think that's us, and I, I don't mean to say that we're in sin by any means. We, all of us could be living out God's call on our lives. Every one of us, if you're a parent, as a mother or a father, you have a way that you are to be a parent, and there, that level that Jesus sent, that standard that he has set for you to live that out will require all his grace and all his power in order to do it. If you are a spouse, there is a way that you are to treat each other and love each other sacrificially that will require a connection with him on a regular basis. If you don't have it, you will wear out. If you are an employee or a boss, there is a way that you are to live your life. We are to love each other. And all of these things require his grace, his power to be able or to be at work in you for you to do it. And so when you continue to do it and don't recharge, you're weary. You're wore out. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Come spend time with me. We have to withdraw. It's not a bad thing that we're doing being busy about the ministries that he's given us to do. But we must connect with him or we will lack the power that we need to do it. We'll be tired. So what does it look like to get away with Jesus to a quiet place to be restored? There's a couple things that you can do to get to that quiet place. The first thing you need to learn to do is to be still. Some of you have just resisted me. said, be still. Shoot, I'm not going to be still. Fidgeting and turning in your seats. You're pulling out your phone right now and you're surfing social media right now, looking at your emails. Forget that. Be still. I'm going to be still. Why? Because we don't like to be told what to do. You ain't telling me to be still. My kids get like that. They don't like to be told to be still. They can be still for like five seconds.
Anybody else's kids? Just mine? They can't be still. But we need to be still. Psalms 46 says, be still and know that I am God. Why be still? Because it's impossible to acknowledge the lordship of Christ in your life when you're so busy doing stuff. When you're so busy doing all the stuff that we need to rely on him to do for us. See, we're so busy doing it all that we don't take the rest. We don't trust that he'll do it. He'll take care of things if we step back. We need to be still. Jesus can't be Lord in our lives if we're constantly doing it all for him. He can't. It's impossible. But it's when we quiet our hearts and lives that we can acknowledge him as Lord. We have to be willing to take our hands off and let God be God, to be still, to acknowledge he's in control. When I talk to my kids and I, I'm telling them to be still, most of the time I'm telling, when I'm telling them to be still, I have three kids. I have two 13-year-old boys and a 12-year-old girl, which you've met today. When I'm talking to them, I just need them to chill out for a minute because I'm going to say something and I want to say it once and I want you to get it and I want us to move forward and we can all have fun, but I need you just to chill. Sit still, please. And they'll sit down and one, next thing I know, as I'm talking to them, one's got his device out, the other one's giving a wet willy and the other one's probably singing a song. Sit still. And then I use my mean voice. Everybody listens when dad uses his mean voice. I don't like using my mean voice. Sometimes they only listen when you use the mean voice. Still. Because when they're still, I can give them instruction. When they're still, I can tell them where they need to be, what time they need to be there. When they're still, I can let them know, look, this is how you remain in my blessing today. This is what I need you to do. I need you to do your chores. I need you to do, then then I need you to put your laundry away, and then you can play on the devices. But if you do it out of any other order, You are outside of my blessing. Well, some of you need to understand that this is us. If we're not still, we can't hear. Some of you say, I sit still too long and I fall asleep, Aaron. That's okay. We can be still. We can listen for his voice. We can understand what it is we need to do, how we can be in his blessing. Because when we don't listen, we try to do things our own way, and we're like, okay, I think this is what dad said, and we're outside of that blessing. Suddenly, that's not a fun place to be. We need to be still. I think social media can drive us. It pushes us forward, pushes us and keeps us moving on a regular basis. We have a difficulty being still because we're having lots of conversations. We're getting lots done. I think I've been more more productive since social media came into my life than ever before. Why? Because I've got lots of friends. If I need something, I can hit them up quick. And they respond quick. People are, yeah, notification. Aaron needs this. Great. We can get things done really, really fast. But at the end of the day, here is me. I was tired. I was tired because of the way that I was interacting with people through text messages, email, Facebook, looking, having to check every single venue to make sure that somebody didn't send me a message and get offended that I didn't answer. And so by the end of the day, you can ask my wife and my close friends, when my phone goes off, I look at it and I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? It's not that they're texting me. It's that I got another text message that I have to answer. See, well, I'm not texting him anymore. Look, look, don't don't even. That's not, that's not. I'm just saying by the end of the day, I was tired. And God began to speak to my heart, and I'm like, Lord, what do I do? I need rest. This was a few months ago. I'm like, I'm wore out. 
I need to get away. Some of us, you're like that. You're to the place, you're, you're already tired, you're done. You're tapping out, I'm done. And you need to schedule yourself a little break or reprieve because, see, that's what I got. When I went on vacation just a few weeks ago, people said, where are you going? I said, I don't care. Just someplace my phone doesn't work. How many people had that conversation with me? Yeah, there's a few of you out there. You asked me, where are you going? Don't care. It doesn't matter. Just as long as my phone doesn't work. I was done. I needed a reprieve. You say, Aaron, that's kind of mean. No, it wasn't a break from you. I needed a break from it. It was controlling me. And I didn't understand what was happening in my life. And God began to speak to me. I said, how do I fix this? So I've gone through and I've canceled all my social media accounts, except for one. Now look, I'm not telling you what you need to do. Do you hear me? I said, I asked him what I need to do. This is what I did. And then on the social media account I kept, I unfollowed everybody. I have no newsfeed anymore, nothing to look at. So all y'all are posting, and you're going to ask me, hey, did you see that thing I put up? Nope. Nope, didn't see it. I got no newsfeed. I'm not driven to pull my phone out of my pocket, although I do probably every 10 minutes still pull it out. Unlock it, look, oh, I got nothing to look at, that's right. I'm getting out of the habit, I'm working on it. It doesn't mean I don't play on my phone, it just means I have less to look at. When I went on my vacation, I, I found my still time with God. And I've continued to have that even though I'm back home, I've found rest. I need this. You learn to be still. Social media drives us though. And we have to train ourselves to, to be quiet. We need to make a plan in order to do that. If you decided, I'm gonna, I'm, I need to still myself, I need to learn to be quiet, you need to make a plan because every time we try to quiet ourselves, all of our issues will stand in the way. The moment you decide to be silent, everything's gonna pop up in your head and your mind. I have to take care of this, I gotta take care of that. You turn off your music, you turn off your phone. Okay, the kids need to go here, the kids need to go there. It is a serious discipline. In fact, there's a pastor who challenged, and I think it's, it's cool, I'm gonna issue the challenge because I've been trying it this week. Spend five minutes in solitude. Every day. Some of you are freaking out about that. I don't like myself when I'm quiet. Like, you know, I can't do that. Five minutes of solitude. No phone, no laptop, no music, no nothing. And what do I do while I'm silent? Well, the Bible tells us, be still and know that I am God. What does that mean? Be still and think about him. Be still and think about what he's done for you. What he's done in the last month for you. What he's done in the last year for you. Hey, if you have trouble with that, just go outside and look at nature and look at what his hands have made. Oh, that just overwhelms you. Be still and know him. You don't have to say anything. Just focus on him. And when you do, you will connect with him. You'll find that rest, that recharging that you need in your soul. Proverbs 13, 6, 16, excuse me, says, a, ma a wise man thinks ahead, but a fool doesn't and even brags about it. You know what we need to do if we're going to be intentional, if we're going to be still, if we're, we're going to make a plan? That, that requires us to look at our calendars, to look at our activities, especially during this holiday season. When we know there's a busy time coming up when the kids are going to start sports and the kids are going to start school and the summertime's coming, there's vacations, there's all this stuff going to happen. We need to be wise about it and make a plan somewhere in there for rest. How are we going to maintain all that we need to do and still connect with God. Because if we don't, you ever heard somebody say, I just got back from vacation and I need a vacation. They, they didn't, on vacation, they didn't take time for rest. The soul rest that they need. That connection with God. I came back from vacation just feeling great. Because it took that time. I was ready to get back on my phone. <laughs> 
We need to prioritize what it is that we do desire. And the way that we prioritize things, and that plan is to have a plan for defense and offense. Defense is what we say no to. This is what I need to say no to in order to obtain my goals, and offense is what we say yes to in order to get to our goals. Here's a few things that my family and I have done, some things that I've personally done. But one of, the, one of the defenses we have at our house is when we have dinner, no technology. No, 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 you, you, you don't play with that when we're having dinner. I'm the worst offender at the table. She has to get on me all the time. Sometimes I just ignore her, because I can. Doesn't win me any points. It's not winning me any points right now, so don't, don't be excited. Yeah, see, some of you guys have just sat there and nudged your girl, see, he's a man, he did that. Yeah, not a smart man, don't, don't qualify me there. <laughs> <laughs> something else you could do. You know, your phone has this do not disturb mode. Maybe, you, maybe as a, if you're married or, you know, you decide at a certain time of day, or even if you're single, certain time of day, this thing's going in do not disturb mode. For the rest of the night, I'm done. Calls and text messages that come in, they, they'll wait. If you're married, that'll be really important for you because then you can have time with each other, uninhibited time with each other. Turn off the TV. Turn off the phones. Otherwise, some of you just need to say no to push notifications. Every app that you download says, this app would like to send you push notifications. And we go, okay, I want that. How about you just say no? You get no notifications about anything except the Simple Church app. You can say yes to that one. We send out things that are important you want to see. <laughs> but you could say, say no to those things. You get less notifications, less interruptions into your night and your life. And that way you can look at those things when you're ready to look at them. Instead of it controlling you and drawing you in, you get to look when you want. Others of you, you, you say, you know, one of the things that you can do is, is don't take your phone to bed. I haven't done this for a long time. Don't take your phone to bed with you. That means put your charger somewhere else in the house. When I go upstairs and I've still got my phone in my pocket, I'm like, on it. If I want to be able to use this tomorrow, I've got to put it on the charger. It means I've got to go downstairs. go downstairs, I put my phone on the charger. But I don't take it to bed with me because here's what happens. You take your phone to bed with you, before you go to sleep, y'all are checking your Facebook and your social media. Two hours later, you're still on your social media. And what happens to me when I'm on social media two hours later and I should have been in bed asleep? I start making bad decisions. Don't take your phone to bed with you, it's simple. Hey, I'm going to protect my, the sleep that I need. I'm going to protect that when I get up in the morning, maybe you want to pray. Maybe you want to get up and go run, but you get up first thing in the morning, and instead of getting up and going to the gym, you get up and you get on your Facebook, and 30 minutes later, your gym time's gone. I don't even know why I said that. I didn't say it for a service. not my notes. That was free. It's for somebody here. I don't know. Maybe it's for me. <clears throat> we need to learn to say no to things. Defense is what we say no to. Offense is what we say yes to to get us to our goals. Here's a couple things that I do to help me connect with God because I know that I need this rest. I redeem my technology, and the first thing that I'm going to do when I get on my phone, you know what I do? I pull up the Simple Church app. There's a daily reading plan in there that I follow, the Life Journal plan. And I do my daily devotions. Now, I'm not perfect at it. Sometimes I pick up my phone, and there's 20 notifications, and I'm like, geez, what is happening? And I miss it, but, I, but my goal every day is to use technology to connect with him before I use it to do anything else. Well, sometimes I get out my Bible too, but, but I, I read my Bible on the app. 
One of the other things that you can do is to make sure that you use like Spotify or Amazon Music or whatever music app you use to play some worship throughout the day. You don't have to do the whole day. Does that mean I don't get to listen to my rock and roll? Not at all. Please enjoy. But take a moment. These guys have written a song that they connected to God with and you can use it to connect with God as well. Take a moment. Turn it on. Listen to it while you're getting ready in the morning. Focus on him. Take some time. And the last thing you can do that has nothing to do with technology at all is pray. Spend some time in prayer. All these things are offensive. They will take you towards the rest that you need. Because the Bible says to pray without ceasing, not look at Instagram without ceasing. We need this connection with God. Prioritize what you need is the best offense. The last thing you need to do is ask for help. Jeremiah 6.16 says this, and I'm all done. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. You all are at a crossroads right now. We're talking about being tired, and many of you have already identified I'm tired. Many of you have already identified I'm addicted. Aaron, I got an issue. I'm at a crossroads. I'm at a place where I need to make a decision. Stand at the crossroads and look. Where are you in all this? And the verse says, and ask for the ancient past. Now, regarding technology, this is not... I'm not asking you to get out your old flip phones and your sidekicks and your pagers. It's not what I'm talking about. People have been around for thousands of years without phones and they've survived without them. That's not even what I mean. The ancient past, the ways that have worked for others, that they've found rest. Some find it through fasting and solitude, others through prayer. We need to look to those ways. Ask for the ancient past. And here's the key, the key part. Ask where the good way is. This is very specific to you. This is you asking the Holy Spirit, hey, here's where I'm at with this. I need your help. I need you to speak to me. Aaron's got some good ideas and maybe you've tried those things and you still have no rest. What do I need to do? Because that's a question that's specific to you and if you'll ask, he'll speak. And if you listen, the next part of the verse tells you what happens. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Be obedient. Whatever it is he tells you to do, whatever he puts his finger on in your life, surrender it. Just give it. Hey, all right, that's what I got to do. Maybe it's just for a season. Doesn't mean it's forever. Some of you need to take a fast from technology and you're freaking out about the idea of that. Some of you need to. Be obedient. Whatever it is that he's talking to you about doing. It's just for you. And it's just a walk in it. And the last part of this, it says, and you will find rest for your soul. You'll find it. It's not my job to tell you what you need to do. It's the Holy Spirit's. So you need to ask him. Ask him. He'll show you. Follow it. There's a rhythm and a way of life that we can find to redeem technology and social media, to make it our servant and not our master. Because how many of you know technology is a horrible master, but a great servant. It helps us do lots of things. We have to stop being driven by it. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide us we'll find that rest. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, first I want to speak to the Christians, the Christ followers in this room. Say, Aaron, I'm, I, I need to find that rest. Maybe you've just gotten yourself so busy during this season of your life, whatever that represents. Maybe it's just the holidays. Maybe it's a job. Maybe there's some circumstances in your life, or maybe you're having to work two jobs and you have broken the normal rhythm. You've lost connection with God that you used to have through reading your Bible or through praying, or even, even you're not able to even come to church on a regular basis. You say, Aaron, I've lost that connection. 
I need the Holy Spirit to show me how to find rest in my life, in my world. If that's you, you can do what's called a repentance. It's a turning away from your ways and asking God for help. It's the last thing we need to do. If you'd like me to pray for you and say, Aaron, I, I, I need that. Would you just shoot your hand up? Nobody's looking around. This is just for those that are already following Christ. Hey, I'm weary, I'm tired, I need help. Yeah, thanks. Put your hands down, I appreciate you. Father, I pray for each and every single one of these people that have, have been honest with themselves. They're standing at the crossroads. Lord, in this moment, they're asking you for direction. Their hearts are heavy. They feel that weariness. They know that they need to connect with you, but sometimes we just don't know how. So Lord, I pray that you would speak into their hearts and lives through your Holy Spirit, that you would show them what it is they need to do to enter into that rest. Lord, as they turn to you, I pray that they are strengthened. I pray that the things you laid out for them, some may be difficult, some may be easy. Help us do them. Help us enter that rest to choose that rest. Do this work among us, God. Now, there's those of you here, you say, Aaron, I'm, according to you, you said, I don't even get that rest unless I'm in a relationship with God, and I'm not there. I'm not in a relationship with him. And if that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment where you, you can begin that relationship with him. You want that special rest for your soul that is reserved for those that are Christ followers. And if that's you, I'm going to pray this prayer, and you say, Aaron, I want you to count me in on that prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you or make you stand up or come to the front. You can stay right at your seat. But I want to know that you're here. And if that's you and you want me to count you in on this prayer, would you just shoot your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. That's awesome. Thank you. Is there anybody else? I'm going to pray the prayer and you just need to pray it. You can pray it out loud or in your heart, but you just need to mean it. It goes like this. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. Please forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Help me enter into that rest that you promised for those that follow you. Give me your spirit. Show me how to live for you and I'll spend every day doing that. Be Lord of my life. I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.